Hello everyone and welcome to season two of Growing Woman. I am your host, Christina Singh, and I am so excited to be here with you um, wherever you are in the world right now. Uh, Growing Woman is a show all about uplifting and empowering and uh, shining a light on women's voices and stories. And I first and foremost just want to say, if you are here listening to this, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to check out this show, this vision that I have that's coming to life. Um, You know, I started this show in 2019 and I almost walked away from it. And I'm just so grateful that I did not uh, because when I tell you, I am just so excited about these stories and these people that I've had the honor of speaking to over the past two years and moving into this season. Um, it really is overwhelming sometimes when I think about it. And I know I'm just beginning, but it really just feels so phenomenal to be connecting with women um, and you all. Uh, I am blown away by the response that I've been getting to these episodes um, and to how you're feeling about our guests and you know the things you're all sharing with me. So I hope you enjoy this season. We are going to get into it. We're going to get real um, and talk about you know some things that might be hard to talk about. And so I'm just going to jump in and talk about today's guest because I am just so excited about her and it's it was just an honor talking to her and uh, hearing her story and hearing her mission and her work. Uh, Mia O'Malley is on the show today. She's a content creator and she's an advocate for plus size parents and she's also the founder of plus size baby wearing on Instagram. I found her through that page. A friend actually sent her page to me and I fell in love with it. It was just so wonderful seeing bodies that look like mine represented in motherhood. And then I started following Mia and um, discovered she was actually the person who put the page together. And I discovered a bunch of her content. And so we uh, chat in this episode all about really uh, diverse bodies, the fat experience. We talk about representation. Um, You know, we talk about pregnancy and birth and postpartum. We talk about resources for um, diverse bodies. And I, I just really think this episode is a beautiful representation of what happens when you are advocating for others and when you want others to feel empowered and represented. So that is exactly what Mia aims to do through her work. Um, And I also wanted to say she's a certified baby wearing educator, which is so helpful. So if you are a new parent, you know, definitely check out Mia's resources. Mia has been on the Today Show and she's been featured on Cup of Joe, Plus Size Birth, and the Plus Mommy podcast. We talk all about these things. I uh, encourage you to follow Mia on all platforms, check out her pages, um, and I hope you really enjoy this episode and this beautiful season two. We've got a lot more in store. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode and the rest of the beautiful episodes um, and stories from these women. So thank you for being here and let's dive into this conversation with Mia. Before we start this episode, I want to offer a content warning for folks. Um, We talk about trauma. We talk about um, diverse bodies and trauma experienced with having a larger body. So I just wanted to offer that for you all, just in case. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy. Hi, Mia. Welcome to the show. So, so excited to have you here. Um, So I found you through one of my friends. So I was pregnant last year during this lovely pandemic, and uh, my friend sent um, your page, Plus Size Baby Wearing, to me. 
And it was so refreshing for me to see people who looked like me carrying their children, um, people who looked like me um, who were bearing children, and um, women with bodies like me who were entering into this space um, and just showing uh, happiness and joy in childcare. Um, so I found that page, and then I found your page um, and your content uh, where you were sharing your experiences. Um, you know, going to the doctor, sharing your experiences, raising your son, everything under the sun. Um, so for those who might not be familiar with your pages, how did you start this? How did you get into content creation? How did you start your pages? Um, and why did that really come about for you? What was the inspiration there? Um, yeah, um, thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate hearing that because uh reaching people and having them feel seen is exactly what I intend to do um, with my page and with plus size baby wearing. Um, so how I got into sharing stories and doing content creation on my Instagram page and plus size baby wearing was, um, so I had a photography background. Um, I was a photo editor for many years um, and did some writing and um, at one point, Instagram was just a way for me to, to share um, my like photos of my body because I was coming into sort of my own identity of being body positive and what that meant for me. And um, so I had gotten used to sharing photos of my body and um, that was its own sort of... Um, that was its own sort of liberation, yeah. like sharing a photo of myself in a bikini in 2015 was like a really huge, um, a huge point in my life because especially back then and, and, and given the context of, of when that was even just a few years ago, even like five years ago in the body positive movement is a little bit different. But for me, that was just huge because I had never seen photos of myself and liked what I saw. Right. And so for me, that's how I started sharing. And it gave me a sense of reconnecting with my body. And so it was part of that journey that I was on. But what really changed everything for me was when I was pregnant and I shared a photo from my maternity shoot. And uh, the caption I wrote, um, which is then became like a blog post, um, was called My Invisible Plus Size Pregnancy. Mm. And it was all about how I really felt, this was in 2018, uh, 2017, I really felt that um, I was... Uh, I felt that my experience as a fat pregnant person was, um, it felt a little bit invisible. It felt a little bit invalid. I didn't see anyone who looked like me represented and it kind of creates this isolation. Um, yeah. And when you're pregnant and when you are in postpartum, isolation is the worst thing for you. Yeah. And um, you really need a community whether online or in person, you need that community and you need to be around people who are going through similar things for you. And the other thing that, um, so, so that was, that was, I felt compelled to tell the story and it, it went, the post itself went a little bit viral, at least for me, I had a very small, um, a small community back then. And, um, and I got so many comments and so many people sharing their stories. And for me, that's when it really clicked that when you are a person in a larger body and you share a story, it's not just your story. It's right. so many people's stories. You are telling their story because our experiences are so closely shared. The fat experience is so uh, closely shared um, across like cultures, across economics, across um, race. It's, it's, it's something that we share a lot of the same experiences. So when you are in a larger body and you share your story, you're sharing a million people's stories. Um, and so that hit me yeah. really uh, profoundly. <laughs> And I said, if there are more people out there, I want to keep sharing these things that, you know, I think are, I'm only feeling because we don't see ourselves really represented in mainstream media. We don't see our experiences represented in mainstream media. So we look for them online and we look for them in these little pockets and these little whisper networks that we create. Um, and obviously, 
things have gotten things continue to get better. Right. Um, there becomes more and more represent representation, but there's a lot more to go. And from something for me that started as I want to connect with other uh, birthing parents who like have the same bodies as mine, who have the same experience as mine, I wanted to connect with even more people. And I wanted to tell more people's stories and give them an opportunity to feel seen and, and, and validated. Yeah. And so that's how I got into that. And slowly I realized, I mean, probably quick more quickly, I realized that although my page is about me, it's really not about me. It's really about the fat experience and the fat community and, and, um, you know, talking about our unique needs and um, our what access and we have to certain things and, and the inaccessibility of other right. things and um, and then getting into medical weight stigma um, which comes up a lot when you are a um, yep. fat pregnant person yep. um, that that comes to the forefront um, and it, the stakes are really high with that one because there are um, if you're connected with a care provider that it has a has weight stigma in your pregnancy or birth, there the consequences are can be quite um, severe. Um, so, yeah, it quickly became clear to me that this was bigger than me and bigger yeah. than just my pregnancy. And so I just kept sharing those stories. And then when I got into postpartum and I started getting, I, I started baby wearing. I was, I said. I, I, I was struggling and I needed to know, I needed to see someone who was like me doing it. And luckily I had that community that I had created, mm -hmm. you know, or that I carved out on my own page. And I had a mom who was already baby wearing and had a body like mine. And seeing that was like, so, so important. The same thing right. as seeing people who were breastfeeding or chest feeding um, like me was a game changer and not to say anything about my lactation consultant, but I needed to see someone whose breasts look like mine and bodies look like mine to yeah. do what I needed to do and figure out how I could comfortably feed my child. Same thing with baby wearing. And so when I saw that there was a lack of this community and baby wearing, at least on Instagram, um, because there is a great, um, big, big baby wearing page on Facebook that's been mm -hmm. around for for years. So people should go check that out if they're looking for a Facebook community. But um, on Instagram, at least there were maybe like 11 <laughs> posts under plus size baby wearing. And I said, we have to, we have to change that. So I sort of duplicated the community or like carved that out in that, in that sense there, because people really wanted to see themselves baby wearing and where some people didn't even think that that was an option for them. So yeah. it really became like, that's how I grew these communities is by sharing stories and, and really just pushing out the images and the representation. Um, and um, yeah, and that's, that's why, that's why it turns into advocacy so quickly when you tell a story and you're fat or when you share your story when you're fat, because we are not represented in mainstream. And if you tell a story, it'll be a million other people's stories and you're giving them a platform that they can share that for once. Well, so, 100%. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for so beautifully outlining all of that. And I think what keeps coming to mind when you're saying this is really leadership um, and leadership around going going first and just being the first one to to say hey I'm going to take a photo this doesn't feel super comfortable for me but I'm going to put that out there um you know what I love about this also is that you were doing this because you wanted to see more people who looked like you represented. And you just wanted people to know, hey, there are people who are pregnant, there are people who are chest feeding, there are people who are in postpartum who look like me, there are people who are baby wearing who look like me. And then what happened was this huge transformation for others. And I think that is just such an important characteristic of leadership and um, becoming a leader in a field and becoming an advocate, like you said. And I 100% resonate with so much of what you are saying because I have been there. Um, I would love to talk about some of the stories that you hear from people when you post online. Um, and 
when you started um, plus size baby wearing and when you started posting um, on your page, what were you starting to hear from people as you were showing, you know, a diverse collection of people's bodies and images and joy out there uh, around this uh, subject matter? So we talk about a lot, I talk about a lot of hard things and I say we, because I do a lot of collaborative sharing, sharing of people's messages with permission, um, polls and questions and things like that. Um, so I really do think of it as a, we, um, on my page, but so we talk about a lot of hard things like, you know, being postpartum people being targeted by health coaches, um, you know, soon after birth and um, diet culture and childhood uh, dieting trauma, yeah. um, eating disorders, um, medical weight stigma and medical trauma, traumatic births, um, you know, uh, fertility gatekeeping um, based on BMI, all these things. These are really hard things. And a lot of people have um, very heartbreaking stories, yeah. heart, heartbreaking stories that, um, like, you know, you can't get out of your head sometimes. And, um, so that's part of it, but I think, you know, having done this for a few years now, um, what's interesting is all of the good stories too, the stories of redemption, the stories of amazing care providers, the stories of the second birth, maybe the VBAC, maybe the home birth that they never thought they could have, maybe um, fertility wins or adoption, you know, the wins, right? And what's interesting when you hear these, these joyful stories, or even like, you know, the thank you messages, thank you, I've in contact with this doctor and this is what's happening and or or different or I bought this dress and I feel great and I didn't wear a sweater and you know like all these things those are really great oh my god I can so relate to that I didn't (laughs) wear a sweater oh gosh even saying that it's like big right yeah so so I'm able to compare these very traumatic stories right and also with these wins and these joys and what's what's really important to know about that is that especially like let's take for instance when people connect with a size friendly care provider who is uh supportive of their choices um and supportive of their body their birth and postpartum experience are completely different even their fertility experience are completely different if you do a comparison and contrast of someone with the exact same health issues or not health issues and the exact same weight you would see vastly different outcomes for those two people simply based on the provider that they connect with Mm -hmm. and while that's very um heartbreaking for the person who didn't get that it it says how important that connection is and that there is another option because the thing is because there is so much of a lack of representation, we don't see all these stories. And so often people don't even know that they should be treated with dignity and respect in medical care. They don't know that, that they should be able to wear whatever they want and feel good about it. They don't know that these are options. They don't know that there's a carrier for them because they haven't ever even seen those positive outcomes, those positive stories. They didn't know that reality could exist. And so sharing those traumatic stories, that's really important. And I want people to know that the harm that certain providers cause, I want people to see that fat phobia exists in the world that it's real but I also want people to know that fat people can have really great experiences they can have really happy lives they can be satisfied and fulfilled and happy um and and it's really about the access to the things that are going to allow them to get there and I want people to know that those options exist and that they have access to those things so that's that's primary Oh my gosh. 100%. I know when I was pregnant and when I found out I was pregnant, I immediately thought about my past experience with medical providers and care providers. And I, I did research on who are, 
you know, fat friendly care providers who are plus size friendly care providers, you know, who, who are the doctors that I can trust and who can I go and see? Even the fact that I had to think about that is just very uh, overwhelming and do my research there on around that. It's overwhelming. And uh, how great that you knew that that was a choice that you had. right? 100%. Um, and having the resources out there when I did uh, look for for that and when I knew from my past experiences and just being able to find more resources like that was incredible for me. Um, you know, that representation, having more people create those lists impacted my care in a huge way um, because I, from my experience, I know I had people comment on my body while I was pregnant. I had looks while I was pregnant and, um, I care. My belly wasn't the typical shape of a pregnant belly. I had a B shaped belly and I felt odd at moments because it's not what's seen. It's not what's represented. So, so much out there in the, you know, in social media and in media. And so I had to do my research to know, like, is this normal? Like, is this what I, am I seeing what other people are experiencing on their bodies on mine? Like, I just didn't see it. So what you're saying resonates so deeply with me. Um, because when I went through this experience, I had to really protect myself and protect my child. Um, what resources, uh, do you wish were out there or what resources exist for people out there that you love? Um, sure. For for people Um, expecting. Yes. I mean, I have to, I mean, for John McClellan's work on plus yes. size birth. Um, she also does the plus mommy podcast. She's also, I, I'm lucky enough to say a personal friend of mine, um, her plus, uh, plus size pregnancy guide was critical for me, me to just recognize that this was an option and her decades of research and work in this area is just, um, I don't know what we would do without, I really don't know what we would yeah. do do without it. And it really did change my birth, um, and my, um, my pregnancy and my life really. Um, and so I encourage everyone and I, I talk about her resources all the time. So I encourage everyone to, um, go check those out. Um, and also, um, fat positive fertility, Nicola Salmon. Um, she, she's just wonderful. Um, and she has a book, um, called fat and fertile and she has, um, she does workshops and group stuff. Um, and, uh, has also done a ton of, uh, her own, does a ton of her own research too. Um, I think what people don't, uh, another thing that people don't understand is that there is a ton of, um, weight gate uh, fertility gatekeeping um on the part of providers um it can be something as simple as not prescribing um certain things that people need to regulate their cycles um or give them a little uh bump in fertility uh, in their fertility journey um or it could be bmi limits at fertility clinics mm-hmm. um it can be bmi limits um for adoption it can be bmi limits for foster care um I so there are Yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, so there are a lot of gatekeeping elements that people do, um, that, that certain systems have, um, there are care providers, fertility clinics, adoption agencies, foster care, uh, foster care agencies that don't, um, have these gatekeeping, um, practices. So you just have to navigate that. But I, I talk to people all the time who spent years with a provider who was gatekeeping and, uh, waited until years later to change a provider. And then they got pregnant right away where they were able to, to, to get fertility help right away from a clinic. And, um, basically providers putting people's lives on hold and, um, it's just so wrong. And, uh, I've, I've heard, I've heard of, um, many stories of people being told to, to get weight loss surgery, freeze their eggs and come back when they're done with their weight loss surgery, which is in no way healthy, um, for your body or for your pregnancy. Um, and, uh, or just like massive extreme weight loss yeah, um, measures. Yeah, that's what I was told people, to do. 
dangling medicine um, in front of you and saying, if you lose, you know, if you lose X amount of weight, you can have this Clomid. Um, That is atrocious. And, but it happens frequently. Um, And uh, so we need to just spread the message that if you're with a care provider like that, or you're with a fertility clinic like that, and you need to can advocate for yourself, if there's really no way for you to change a provider, or just drive or travel to the right um, provider or facility. 100%. I am I remember going to a doctor for heartburn before I got pregnant. And the doctor pulled up like my BMI and uh, just basically wanted to put me on a really unhealthy weight loss plan and medication that could harm my, you know, uh, unborn baby. If, if I uh, was looking for that, you know, if, if I took those and I promptly never went to that doctor again um, because that was not what I was looking for. I, I knew something more was wrong. And, and I went to somebody else who just suggested some simple adjustments in my diet for two weeks. And that completely helped me. And so <laughs> and I have so many stories like this. And I know you do too, from you sharing on your page. Um, yeah. I think there's yeah. just such a stigma uh, around weight in um the medical community and, and in birth outcomes and, you know, just everything. I, I personally had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant and even sharing that I was like, Oh gosh, what are people going to think? But I had beautiful care providers where when I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes, my doctor, the first thing she said to me, she called me personally. She said, this is not your fault. It's this not, not your it's fault. It has nothing to do with weight. It has exactly. nothing to do with weight. And for me, that, that was something I needed to hear so, so much. And, um, and I managed my gestational diabetes beautifully and I gave birth at 41 and a half weeks. And, um, I think that more people need to hear these stories and more people need to hear, um, the, the work that you're doing, which is why I so, you know, wanted to chat with you about all of this because it resonated so much with me. I wanted to talk to you about postpartum and, um, what you're seeing around postpartum and people's experiences. My postpartum situation is very unique. I guess not so much right now anymore because of this pandemic, but I didn't have, you know, family around and, and it was very isolating. And so turning to more resources like yours and, um, you know, Jen's that you mentioned so vital for me. Um, what are you seeing from people that you're connecting with right now? And, and from your past experiences around postpartum care, um, and resources that people are turning to during postpartum? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I want to say that, um, I'm sorry you didn't have more people around in your postpartum. (laughs) I want people to know that um, your body is going to do what your body is going to do in postpartum. And so if that means that you, you know, your body is going to change rapidly in postpartum. And a lot of us gain weight in postpartum. And it's totally normal. Um, And I really want people to focus on um, especially plus size people, let's normalize like buying clothes for our postpartum body mm. and celebrating our postpartum body, um, making sure we're comfortable. Don't worry about maternity clothes. Buy, buy something nice for yourself in postpartum, something luxurious if you want, something just comfy, something cute. There's a lot of stuff out there that is comfortable in postpartum and um, body feeding friendly and all that stuff. So like, let's normalize that. I also want to say that it's completely normal and common to gain weight while uh, breast or chest feeding, Mm -hmm. Um, completely common. And I think these stories about, you know, snapback culture, getting your body back, uh, you know, breastfeeding, chest feeding will help you lose weight. These are myths. Um, these are, these are systems put in place to put pressure on postpartum, um, 
people and the framework of fat phobia. So please like dismiss these messages. Um, I think it's so, so unfortunate that pregnancy and birth and postpartum are so weight centric. Pretty yes. much every app, every question you get um, is, is surrounds you know, weight and your weight and the baby's weight and all the, all the stuff. It's like very weight centric. That's why I often tell people that, you know, pregnancy, birth and postpartum are some of the most fat phobic um, periods of your life that you like, you'll go through fat phobic (laughs) environments because they're all focused. They're all weight focused and we need to shift that focus to, you know, taking care of ourselves because honestly in postpartum as well as in pregnancy, your body is going to do what your body is going to do. And your body knows what it's doing. It was built to do this. So please give yourself grace and please give yourself the time to let your body do what it's going to do. It, it is not a three month, four month thing. It's like double the amount of time that you think it actually is. Okay. So get that out and just get that out of your mind and, and allow your body to do the healing that it's doing. You don't need to do a lot to it. You don't need to mess with it. It knows what it's doing. Um, so I want to say that. And then I also want to say how disappointed I am in the postpartum care that, larger body people get, uh, specifically, I, I would say everyone, but specifically right. fat bodies. Um, I, for one, you know, had a horrible, um, very painful, um, fluid retention after my birth and, uh, um, it was not addressed. Um, I was recommended weight loss, um, and like my fitness pal. I actually did a skit about this. Um, but I was, you know, around the clock, cluster feeding, breastfeeding, and, uh, maybe four months postpartum was complaining about painful fluid in my legs. Couldn't sit down on the floor. You know, it was hurt to like bend my legs. It's very uncomfortable. And finally at six months, I have the good sense to go back in and say, I'm, you're going to give me a water pill. (laughs) Right. Like they gave me a water pill. And they finally touched my legs and looked at my legs because they just looked at my legs and they said, oh, no, no, you know, you just gained weight, you know. So they finally looked at my legs, gave me a water pill. Within three days, my fluid was gone. And I had spent six months in pain um, because I did not get I did not know enough to get the care that I needed to get. That's another thing. So, um, I mean, that's just like one small experience. But again, like I said, when you share one story, you share them all. So 100%. Um, I, I want to take that better. 100%. I want to take that snippet of what you just said and just broadcast it everywhere because it really is so important. And what I found, and, and I've had real conversations on this show about my experience. I have had real conversations with friends about my experience. I am 33 and I cannot believe the things that I did not know uh, before getting pregnant, before postpartum, I think there is such a, you know, mystic veil over all of these things for the sake of preserving, I I don't know what, but (laughs) it, it, it becomes infuriating. And I'm so sorry you had that experience, but I think it's Thank also you. so important to share that so people know. I had retention as well. And um, luckily, and not luckily, but my my son had jaundice and had to go to the hospital, but a doctor noticed that I had retention and mm. pointed it out and said, are you going to get that looked at? And mm. so somebody said something, which, you know. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And yeah but my body is not the same as it was. And, you know, it's, my son is seven and a half months and I'm still healing. And and I think there's this misconception around like six weeks, you're good, snap back. And everything you're saying is so important. I, Um, yeah. I also just, I also just want to say to, for anybody listening, um, plus I, I don't have actual statistics on this, but just based on, the many conversations I have, 
um, plus size people tend to be uh, neglected in terms of pelvic floor therapy. Mm. Um, in terms of ab- abdominal therapy, a lot of us have diastasis recti and it's never looked at or attended to because we have bellies, but we, our muscles and our core are still very important. Even if we do have, you know, a s- soft matter around it, we yeah. still really need our core. And um, so often, um, plus size people don't even know that they should be looking into this um, because it can cause problems for you with your posture and back pain and all these things. So if you feel like your abdominals have separated and you don't have enough support, go and seek that um, abdominal core therapy um, uh, you know, resources or connect with a therapist or talk to your doctor about it. Um, And, you know, also pay attention to your pelvic floor. because these are areas in which we are often neglected in postpartum and not even told that we should be looking at and not sure why um, that happens, but it tends to be the case. So um, please know that you deserve uh, attention in those areas. Um, your body does. Thank you for saying that. And um, I 100% agree. Um and also apologies if you hear some noise in the background. I live in Brooklyn, so I'm just in cars all the time. Um, the one thing I wanted to come back to that you said that resonated with me um, was maternity clothes and clothing in general. Um, and maternity wear and postpartum wear, buying yourself something nice. I loved everything that you were saying around that. And what you do so much on your um, pages and, and you know, plus size baby wearing, just seeing people baby wearing in general, what you do is really um, show fashion and, and show clothing on your body. And, and you really do deep dives into different options that people can get. Um, you ask your followers, what sort of recommendations they have for certain, um, clothing around fitness, around dresses, around, you know, everything under the sun. Um, what has kind of been your thought behind that? I mean, I know we've talked about conversation and, and having more of that advocacy piece out there. And I I know you've said that fashion can quickly turn into advocacy. Mm -hmm. Um, so what are your, what's your, um, thought behind being so open around, um, plus size fashion and, and integrating people into that conversation? So, um, first of all, I, I, I love, I love style. I should say I love Me style and not, not necessarily clothes, but I love style. I love putting things together. I love, you know, making things look cool. I don't know. I just like doing, I, I enjoy that. But um, just like there is sort of a whisper ne- network for size friendly care providers, there's, I like to use that same kind of crowdsourcing um, aspect uh, to fashion and, and different categories. Like we did outdoor, outdoor gear or outdoor wear, um, gliders that fit the fat body, um, more comfortably or, you know, nursing rockers and things like that. Um, you know, I, 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 the thing is, is like, we all have our, our shared stories, right. But we've all found different products that work and different pieces of clothing that work really well for different bodies. And because, you know, mainstream media sources don't cater to us, um, brands don't necessarily cater to us most of the time, almost all of them. Um, we share sharing our, what we our findings are, are things that we love is so powerful because, um, it's like the best recommendation you can get, right. If somebody, if you see someone who looks like you, um, wearing something or, Oh, that that's going to work for me. Um, that, that chair is going to work for me. Okay. I'm yeah, I'm going to put my money there because I want to know that something is going to fit. I want to know that something's going to be comfortable for me. That's so exciting for plus size people. (laughs) Like we get so excited about stuff like that because so often we, we try something and it doesn't fit or it's, it's uncomfortable and you get tired of having those experiences over and over and being able to give people a little more information to make choices that are right for them, like buying, buying and putting their buying power and in informed 
I guess informed buying is what I'm trying to say. Um, We don't get a lot of opportunities to make informed buying choices because we don't see, we don't see models on, on websites that look like us. We don't, you know, like we don't have brands that like advertise, you know, like that this certain things will work for you necessarily. Some do, but not enough. Right. And so, you know, there, there aren't like, oh, this is a really fat friendly chair, you know, like there, we have to like look and find these choices. Right. And so being able to have a larger community and crowdsource that information is really important to me because I don't want it to just be like, oh, I'm getting information from people. Um, and also fat people love to recommend things because, oh my gosh, yes, (laughs) because we live in such a whisper network type situation, we love to recommend things. So, um, it's just so great to have a community that I can be like, oh, I'm going to, you're, you're telling me I should go see this doctor. You're telling me I should go buy this thing. You're you're telling me that this works really well for, for people who have lower, lower bellies, like bigger, lower bellies, or you like these high-waisted underwear. Yeah. 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 I'm going to tell everyone because I know that there are like a ton of other people who want to know this information too. So that's my take on fashion. Like that's what I like to do with fashion now is because I want people to like, to know what their options are. 100%. And it's so helpful for me. Um, I know it's helpful for you and it's so helpful for me looking at your page. Like you did this beautiful deep dive into Peloton bikes that I loved. And um, it's, it was honestly so helpful. I have no intention of purchasing a Peloton bike in the future, but it was just very helpful to know. Um, you touched on something that I totally forgot that I had um, done was gliders and rockers, uh, rocking chairs. I went into such a deep dive over okay, is, am I going to feel comfortable sitting in this chair? And yeah. is my body going to fit in this chair? I want to have the best chair possible for me in this stage because I want to feel comfortable with my newborn. Um, Same with clothing. I think this shared experience and this whisper network that you're talking about becomes so critical um, for people who are looking for these resources because they're not represented. What are some things that you wish you could see more regularly out there? What are some like, what sort of representation do you wish you could see out there when it comes to all of these topics that we've touched on, maybe we can start with fashion first. Diverse bodies um, in uh, advertising and marketing for all brands that carry um, extended sizes. Yeah. Oh, and all brands should extend their sizes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. No, but um, important, like most importantly that you are actually using fat bodies, diverse diverse people, diverse bodies in your marketing and your advertising. Um, and that's, and I would like to see other sites and stores, um, furniture, exercise equipment, things like that, be more focused on accessibility sections for people who have different abilities, people who have, um, bigger bodies, um, I want to see them have sections that are, this is comfortable for, and we do that kind of with reviews. It's just that sometimes you can't filter the way that you need to. Um, right. And um, sometimes people are a little bit hesitant to share their experiences in different um, platforms, but I want to see that brands um, cater more to fat bodies because we are, for, you know, we are 60, at least according to a very old study, we are at least 68% of the population. Like U.S. women are 68% of us are size 14 and up. And I think it might be size 16 and up. But um, yeah, so yeah. I want more people to, I want more brands, more companies to cater to our bodies and also put us up in our, in their marketing and let's yeah. see photos of people who look like us. Let's see videos of people who look like us so we can know what things will really look like on us and be able to make those informed buying decisions and be able to know that we can shop at the store or, or that Peloton's an option for me or, you know, yeah. or that this other, this other bike fits me better, or like is better for my body. So um, I think brands need to do a lot more to, to, 
basically what they're doing by not by excluding us from representation on their site is they're creating this perceived inaccessibility to their products and whether intentionally or unintentionally uh, it just needs to stop um and so i would i would like i would like to see that um i certainly feel that way in terms of baby wearing carriers Mm -hmm. um and have pushed for representation um and you know representation in tutorials representation in um their marketing and you know and that's been really receptive and sometimes it really is a matter of just you know tapping someone on the shoulder and being like hey did you know that like i i I don't even know if i can use your product because you don't have anybody who looks like my size you didn't list the waistband length you know like you didn't list you know like other things like sometimes they ju- it just doesn't occur to people especially if they don't yeah. live in a larger body it does not occur to them to do these things so it's more of like I want to make people aware and tap people on the shoulder um so I would like to see that a, yeah. a huge shift in marketing and advertising and using diverse bodies it's happening but it's slow so would I that would be great <laughs> um, and I think it would be uh lovely to see that, you know, I would love to go on to a website and see people with different bodies represented for each piece of clothing, you know, and have a dress worn by people who look like me and people who look like my friends. It would, it would be so meaningful. Um, I, I know we're coming to the hour, which is wild. Um, Yeah, it went really fast. I know. Thank you. I know. Thank you so much for your time this morning. And it's been lovely to talk to you about all of this. It's been great talking to you. As we're wrapping up, um, I'd love to know what has all of this done for you? You know, how, how has all of this made you feel just being, sharing your voice, connecting with people, um, putting yourself out there in this way. You're very vulnerable. You're very open with your experience. You show your body actively on camera. Um, and that is awesome and beautiful. And I know I've resonated with that, which is why we're connecting today, but what has this done for you personally? Yeah. So I'll tell, I'll just tell a quick story. Um, my, so when I got married, I was, um, when I had my wedding, I was probably the lowest weight I had ever been and, you know, went to extreme measures to get to that weight. I'm sure we, like a lot of us can, um, that resonates with a lot of us. Um, uh, weddings are like huge parts of diet, uh, diet culture is a huge part of weddings. Right. So, um, Anyway, I was the lowest weight I had ever been. And um, when I was there at my wedding, I, I it was like a beautiful wedding. It was like, couldn't have been more perfect. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just picture perfect. And when I saw myself, um, I, I didn't like what I saw. All I saw was my lower belly. I saw that I hadn't done enough arm workouts and I wish my arms looked smaller. And... Um, like that's what I saw on that day and it was slowly after that when I saw the pictures and I saw how beautiful everything was I was like you know what this is the last thing that um this is the last year that this steals my joy Mm -hmm. um this is the last moment that um this body image stuff is going to steal from me. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to let this ha- continue to happen. Cause this is like a big moment. It's like a milestone moment. Right. It's like, there, this isn't happening anymore. And that really set me on um, a path of, you know, like shifting my mindset and, um, and, you know, getting to where I am now. But I think that specifically in sharing my stories, so so what happened there at my wedding is a complete disconnect, right, in into what my body actually was and what I was seeing. And photographing myself and sharing my story and then surrounding myself with people who are doing the same um, has allowed me to reconnect with my body. And when I look in the mirror, I see my body for what it actually is and not the imperfections and the wishing it would shrink and all this stuff. So like, it's like when you look at a photo of yourself, right. And, and you remember, and you, maybe you were smaller than you were now. And you, you say, Oh God, I thought I was so fat in that photo. And you know, why didn't I enjoy that, that vacation I was on? Why didn't I do that? 
I said to myself, I do not want to do this ever again. I do not want to look at a photo and say like, oh, when I was taking those photos, I hated the way I looked and I was sucking in my stomach and I was just paranoid about what the photos were going to look like. I was like, that's it. Like, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. Because it steals my joy. When I took photos most recently, um, family photos uh, last fall, I didn't think about my body one time. And then- Oh my God, it was incredible. Right. And then when I didn't think about my body one time, and when I look back on those photos, all I saw was how fun that whole experience was, how much I loved my dress and that is healing. And so I wish that for everyone. Um, obviously literally I'm not, <laughs> obviously I'm not perfect. I certainly have days and, you know, things I battle with. I, I battle sometimes, but I, I, it doesn't steal my joy anymore. I don't walk into a room and go like, Oh God, I wish my body looked different. Or I wish I had lost 10 pounds before I came here. That doesn't happen to me anymore, but it took surrounding myself with people who look like me and, you know, doing work to take photos of myself and face my body and, and really like, really take a look at it that to change my internal dialogue. And it takes a lot of work, but it is possible. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful way to end our conversation. And I'm just so grateful for you sharing that. Um, Personally, for me, it took pregnancy to Mm -hmm. do that. I was in so much pain at the tail end of my pregnancy that I was like, how can I hate something that helps me move and helps me conquer? Um, my day, I, I can walk, I can run, you know, like I can do all these things, which is beautiful. Yep. And, um, it is really freeing when you can look at yourself and, and feel joy and you can embrace those moments. So I just thank you so much for your vulnerability today and thank you for sharing and being such an advocate for people and, and just being open and honest about what people need and being that person that, folks know that they can go to for resources. It really does mean the world you've impacted me. And I know that you're impacting so many people. So I cannot thank you enough for your time today. Thank you so much, Christina. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Where can people find you if they want to be in touch with you? So you can find me on Instagram at Mia O'Malley and plus size baby wearing at Mia O'Malley and MiaO'Malley.com. Beautiful. Mia, thank you so much. And um, everyone, for uh, thank you for joining us and thank you for listening. Um, please don't forget that your story matters and that you matter.